Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, more talks. Still no deal on the debt limit. Number two, the latest on repealing the Iraq AUMF. And number three, a new effort on fentanyl. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The principals met yesterday. President Joe Biden, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, uh, progress, but still no deal when it comes to the debt limit, despite the fact that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen reiterated yesterday that June 1st is the drop dead deadline. You know, it's interesting, Anna. We um, uh, McCarthy made sure. So he said it was productive. This is actually a. Uh, uh, you led me into a very interesting distinction that McCarthy made. Um, he said it was productive, and then someone said, so you made progress, and he said, I didn't say that. I said it was productive. So basically what McCarthy is saying here um, is that he is, um, uh, they were able to narrow the universe of places that they have problems, uh, the White House and 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 McCarthy's House Republican Conference, and they're trying to make the circle smaller. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know what to think here besides the fact that they're still talking. Um, the the focus here and the problem is clearly spending. Um, uh, the White House wants to freeze spending at current levels. The the Republicans want to go back to twenty twenty two levels, and and to be fair, McCarthy has saying has been saying that for months now. So that's not a surprise. It's a negotiation. So it's not a surprise that the White House is taking the position it wants to as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can't say it enough times. We are in a massive, massive, massive time crunch. Um, it is May 23rd. The government runs out of borrowing authority, as Janet Yellen indicated, by June 1. That's nine days from now. Um, the Memorial Day weekend is coming up like in a couple days here. I have a, I have a fear that there won't be much of a Memorial Day weekend for for Congress. Um, and I, I I think there are um, a few interesting things to, to note here. Number one, um, McCarthy said June 1st is really the forcing mechanism here. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Congress goes home this weekend and then spends next weekend wrestling over this um, because, you know, 72 hours from a bill showing up in legislative text to being on the floor. Um, and, you know, negotiators met late into the night last night. Kevin McCarthy was very praising of Shalonda Young and Steve Verschetti, the top two aides to um, the top two aides in this negotiation, rather, for, for Joe Biden. So what a mess, Anna, um, uh, and a predictable mess at that. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I don't think anybody should be shocked that this is where we're at. I do think uh, we point out this, a couple other just kind of dynamics that are really interesting to watch right now. Um, really fascinating to see Patrick McHenry's role in this negotiation, right? Um, McHenry, a figure we have long known, North Carolina Republican, decided not to run uh, for GOP leadership, instead opting for House Financial Services chair, but finds himself uh, as a key negotiator here and really a close ally of the speakers. Just interesting to see him. He was also very instrumental when it came to McCarthy uh, getting the speakership back in January and finally after the many votes, you know, kind of working that 
effort for him. So really interesting on that note, just in the sense that he really understands the dynamics of the conference, in particular, the more conservative members. Uh, And as much as you have progress or not progress, but productivity uh, on the other side, on the Democratic side, you really do have good cop, bad cop. Biden kind of also very similarly um, putting out a somewhat positive statement following his his time with McCarthy. But you have uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the House Minority Leader, who it will fall upon to deliver a big chunk of votes for any deal, taking a much harsher tone here. Um, you know, some of this is the theatrics of politics, right? Jeffries needs to be seen similar to McCarthy as, you know, kind of being the the strong person there is kind of holding up the defenses of four Democrats. Um, but, you know, at some point, it seems to me that Jeffries gets rolled here, right? I mean, he's having a pretty, he's taking a pretty far, pretty hard tact that will be hard for them to actually deliver on when you look at the where the contours of the deal are probably going to end up. Yeah, you know, I, I think, I, 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 yeah, I mean, effectively, yes, because he's not in the negotiations. And the way Republicans look at this is that Biden is getting a debt limit increase and Republicans are getting the things that they ask for. I mean, that's kind of a screwed up um, uh, paradigm, right? Because it's not like Biden needs a debt limit increase. He does politically, but the country needs a debt limit increase. It's it's not it, it, this is it's not a um, it's not a, a zero sum game here. Like the U.S. can't default. I mean, we're the most important country in the world. Um, you, we can't have a, a debt limit crisis. So the incentive for Democrats effectively will be that Biden doesn't need a prolonged crisis. But but listen, if McCarthy could deliver 100 votes or 110 votes or 112 votes or something like that, which I don't know that he can. We'll have to see. We're, we're, we're far. We don't know what the deal is going to be. We're far away from that. Um, that's a lot of votes. That's half the conference. Let's say he could deliver half the conference. Democrats are still going to have to deliver 100 votes, you know, or 90 votes or whatever. So, I mean, so Jeffries is going to have his work cut out for him, and they are not for a lot of the things that they're talking about. They are, if they end up cutting, um, uh, capping spending or cutting or reverting spending to earlier levels, that is not something that Democrats are for. So it's going to be really tricky. Uh, let's go on to the number two story of the morning. The House and Senate at an impasse over Iraq AUMF repeal, our very own Andrew Desiderio and Max Cohn here reporting on the fact that two months after the Senate repealed the Iraq war authorizations, the effort appears to be stalling out. The ball is in the House Foreign Affairs Committee's court, according to Speaker Kevin McCarthy in the panel's chair. Representative Michael McCall, the Republican from Texas, says he wants to use the Senate's Iraq AUMF repeal bill as a vehicle to rewrite the post 9-11 counterterrorism AUMF. Of course, that's a move that the Senate bill's co-sponsors have been warning against as it would effectively jeopardize the underlying effort to repeal the outdated Iraq war authorizations. Yeah, that's right. Um, the um, This is the, this is, everything comes full circle. They want to repeal and replace the AUMF <laughs> House Republicans. Oh, uh, but ching. But Senate Republicans and, and Democrats um just repealed it and said they don't need to get into a replacement scenario right now. It's too complicated. And they that's the next step. Um, you know, 
we've seen a lot of shifts on this. Obviously, we've covered that in, in pretty in pretty rich detail over the last couple of months. That Republicans are um, have shifted their tone on the AU, on getting rid of the AUMF and are supporting it now. Um, McCarthy has been, let's call it, mildly supportive of it. Um, uh, but we've seen other Republicans sh- change their tune, which is interesting. Um, the basic story here, as Andrew and Max lay out, is they haven't come to a conclusion. They need to come to a conclusion, or they don't. I mean, this is not a, a big deal. If it doesn't get done, it's not a must-pass situation. And if it doesn't get done on a standalone, it will end up in the NDAA whenever Congress gets around to doing that, the National Defense Authorization Act. McCarthy, again, has promised an open process on bills like that and on every bill, although he's only done that once in a while. Um, so uh, that will end up as an AUMF issue over the next in the next couple of months. Now let's go to the number three story of the morning, a very interesting look uh, at some potential bipartisanship when it comes to fentanyl. There's a GOP-led bill aimed at tackling the fentanyl crisis, and that may end up getting bipartisan support on the House floor this week with a significant number of frontline Democrats likely to back the bill The bill is called the Halt Fentanyl Act, and it's led by Republicans Morgan Griffith from Virginia and Bob Latta from Ohio, which would reclassify fentanyl-related substances into Schedule I drugs under the Controlled Substances Act. It would also shore up resources for law enforcement to confiscate the synthetic opioid. Democrats have been frustrated because this has been a Republican-only-led drafting process, but going to be interesting to watch because this is an issue that crosses all party lines, crosses you know regional lines. Uh, fentanyl has been, and, and the crisis that is going on in this country on overdoses is something that you could see certainly many Democrats wanting to get behind in this effort. Yeah, um, it has been a Republican-only bill, but the Republicans are good at getting Democrats to vote for these bills. Um, this, it's a kind of a rescheduling of fentanyl, and um, this is obviously a huge issue Republicans and Democrats agree on, the, the crisis, the tragedy and the crisis of fentanyl in the United States. So um, I, I, we, there, it is going to be bipartisan. I mean, we have, we've quoted in the story members who are saying they're going to vote for it. Um, and uh, something that I think some Democrats are a little bit peeved at, but Republicans, um, uh, they, especially in this Congress, have gotten Democrats to play ball on a bunch of these. They're not messaging bills. This is actually more than a messaging bill. Some of them are messaging bills, but this is actually something that, um, uh, you know, is, is a little bit more than that on an important issue. So um, we expect Democrats to vote for this in some in some uh, significant number. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. I just want to remind you that I'm going to be sitting down alongside senior congressional reporter Andrew Desiderio on Thursday, June 8th at 9 a.m. for a conversation with Senator Susan Collins, the Republican from Maine. Our interview is going to focus on national security and foreign relations. You can RSVP at the Punchbowl News events hub at punchbowl.news. If you like The Daily Punch, please tell your friends about it. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter and go deeper on all of our topics that we talked about here at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.